Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. What's up, y'all? It's Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Thank you once again for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricket and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. My name is Clive and I am joined by Ricky. Hello, Ricky. <laughs> Good evening. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing all right yourself. Another hectic Wednesday, which was not helped by a cancelled train earlier this evening. Uh, yeah, I was on a train on yesterday, Tuesday. And it was a Hellsborough train, six carriages, and it stopped at Hindland saying this train is going to terminate at Gus Garden. This means absolutely nothing to, nothing to our listeners, but I'm going to continue the story. And as you know, the Hellsborough train doesn't stop at Gus Garden, so everybody got out of the the six carriage Hellsborough train, and everyone descended on the three carriage Dumbarton Central train. <laughs> I'm sure that uh, when Charlotte Flair was on her first ever train at the weekend, she didn't have the problems that we've had in the matter no, of days. She, she, she wasn't dealing with Scott Rail, was she? No, she wasn't. She was dealing with Tyler Rail. Tyler and Pete Rail. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, there was a quite a successful event in Blackpool this weekend, NXT UK TakeOver. Uh, the very first takeover of the the young brand's life so far. But before we do that, we we will go into it in detail. But first and foremost, we have to uh, give a shout out to our sponsors where you can get over 4,000 hours of independent wrestling direct to your streaming account at powerslam.tv. If you use the promo code socialsuplex, that will enable you to get a free month's worth of all that lovely wrestling. I don't think you can get 4,000 hours in a month but you can certainly give it a, a good try anyway would you Would you agree with that? You're good, with, you're good with the maths how many hours are in a month? Um, it depends what kind of month we're talking about here uh, a month of Sundays <laughs> so if you're talking about in January you know there's 168 hours in a week in 7 days so you're looking at around about 700 and, I don't know, about 705 hours in a month or so. Well, that sounds like money's worth from powerslam.tv. <laughs> right, before we go, we'll go more in-depth with the NXT UK stuff in a while, but will we have a wee 
talk, a brief chat about the things that have been going on on Raw and SmackDown. Would you like to lead us in with this? Um, I'll just hit out with a few bullet points because, like we say, we're only going to really touch on this. Um, Finn becoming the number one contender. At, at the time when it happened, I kind of just, I, I was happy about it. Um, he's in a prominent role, or a prominent spot, sorry, on the show. I didn't think he had any kind of chance of winning, but Rance put out a tweet kind of saying, do we think Braun will get involved in it'll be like when Eddie took on Brock? <coughs> sorry, excuse me. Nice um, you. And... Oh, sorry, oh bless you again. <laughs> sorry, it's a bad start. Um, and then Rich also commented as well, and he put out a column talking about Finn and the whole situation. And you can read that column on Lords of Pain, and you can show our, our brother Rich Latter some love and support. Um, and he he mentions it as well, and I never really thought of it like that because I just assumed it was just going to be kind of the same kind of Brock match we've got against Daniel Bryan and AJ. Um, but the more you think about it, the more it makes sense that you would have Braun come down and interfere, cost Brock the match, and Finn wins the title. Um, and I think this is the first real big test of Vince McMahon following through with what he said a few weeks back. Um, if, if he was serious in what he was saying, then he, sh- and I wouldn't say should, but oh yeah, he should put the title on um, Finn, and then you can go Finn and you go Braun and Brock. Uh, also, so for me, I never really, I was happy, but at the same time, I was kind of, I felt that the 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 outcome of the match was kind of inevitable. But now in the last couple of days, I'm I'm rethinking my position. Right. I do think they might be the title on Finn. And Braun cost Brock the match. Okay. But you know, we've been let down before and but yeah, I'm gonna go with that right now. I think that's my that's my prediction for I mean, don't get me wrong, Finn Balor had a, a fantastic two, three days with jet lag probably on Monday night because he was in the UK on Saturday night. Um was involved was involved in the takeover, which we'll touch on later. Uh had a promo with the boss to start off the show. He had a match with Jinder uh, to ensure that he still kept a, a sort of number one contendership match. And then he won the match wasn't the best of matches I've seen. It was quite slow and plodding. It seemed as if it struggled to get out of even first gear, never mind second gear. Uh, more than happy for him, though. As you say, it's a, it's a spotlight for him. He's the, the man of the moment, at least for now. Whether that lasts, we're not, not sure. There is, I've also seen posited that Balor could lose, but he ends up winning the Rumble or a number one contendership match again at the Chamber. And it's Demon... Finn that comes out at WrestleMania to take on Brock Lesnar. However, we've said it many times now, well, off and on, WWE's own storytellers have conditioned me into believing that nobody can beat Brock 
regardless of size. It's not a case of smaller guys can't beat Brock. Braun Lesnar, eh, Brock Le- Br- no, <laughs> Braun Strowman can't beat Brock. So why would I think anyone can at all? I don't see anything changing here, especially two months before WrestleMania, two and a bit months. So sad to say that this is just business as usual for me. That would be my prediction. You're hearing it straight away right now. There is a see with the storyline. There is a possibility that Braun does interfere, but I just don't see it. And I think again, I've not got any any stat here in front of me. It's just me just kind of thinking about it off the top of my head. But you just don't see many title changes between like between the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. I mean, I, I see. I don't have any stats, but that's just the kind of feeling I get. I know Bray went a couple of years ago, but and I'm sure now we're going to get examples pointed out to us. But that's just the kind of general vibe I'm getting right now. Just off the top of my head, I can't remember how how often this actually happens. Well, I says I think it's it is a it's the first big moment to follow through with what you said. And what you say is I'm talking about Vince. And like you say, and um, talking about the, the segment he had with Vince McMahon as well, I like the fact that when he turned around to Vince, he goes, you've never believed in me. Like There was a lot there's a lot of truth in that, in a, in a sense, as well. Um, I know he was the first ever Universal Champion, but he never really got a rematch, or never did, sorry. Well, in, he did. Yeah, how long later, though? <laughs> it still happened. It's well, st- still in the record books. It's on the record books, but it should have happened just when he came back. Uh, the same way Seth got a rematch when he came back. Um, but yeah, like I said, I don't want to. I don't want to have the mindset just now that I'm conditioned to to believe that Brock's unbeatable, or I don't want to have a mindset that I'm just going to have a negative outlook. I'll try and stay positive. And like I say, it makes sense because I know as much as we hate it, it kind of still protects Brock, the character, and the mystique, etc. While Finn gets to win and gets the title, and I know we hate all this uh, when the book things to protect people, but in this case, it kind of makes sense because there's a long-term plan at play here. All I ask of the listeners is temper expectations. Don't get your hopes up too much, and then when the inevitable. <laughs> All possibly inevitable happens. Um, throw throw your toys out of the pram. Just see what if it happens. Then don't be surprised. So it's still a good good um, moment in the sun for Finn. Though I'll give him that. What annoys me though is he went toe to toe verbally with Vince McMahon. He vanquished Jinder. He vanquished three other blokes in the Fatal Four Way. That, apparently that's not enough. Apparently you need to have your hand raised by John Cena once all when all is said and done. Is this the new thing where John Cena's just walking about giving the rub to people? Well, seemingly that's what we've been told, and that's what we've been led to believe now that this run is kind of he's coming back to help other people get over the top. I actually saw a tweet, and I can't remember who the four wrestlers were. In fact, do I remember? I think it was. One, it was John Cena raising the hand. It was John Cena raising the hands of Roman, AJ, Daniel, Bryan, and Finn. Kind of saying, look how John Cena's made these guys into stars. 
I mean, Roman was already the fucking, was already a superstar. I think the Daniel Bryan one was from the SummerSlam match. I, I think, I'm not entirely sure. I can't remember if he raised his hand after that. And if it was, Daniel Bryan was already put on his way. And I suppose you could help say Cena helped him get over the top. But I, I don't think so. No. The AJ one, yeah. But a lot of people could argue that it was AJ's own performances. And Finn, it's remained to be seen. I think with the AJ one, it was... I can almost give him that because he'd been in the company for less than a year. He'd went, I would agree. Uh-huh. And he had the better of the rubber matches with AJ. But obviously Cena had to get his title in back in January after that. I just It happened with Becky a few weeks ago when John Cena came back. Um, Becky was slagging him off. <laughs> Listen, see if this was last year. John Cena would be losing matches and he would be moping in the corner wondering what's going to happen on the road to WrestleMania with that woe-me face, look on his face, um, chewing up the uh, TV time saying, I want my shot at WrestleMania, even if it means having a seat in the crowd. Listen, it's going to happen. I don't care what anyone says. Something's going to happen where Cena's demanding spots at WrestleMania. I'll tell you this, Cena. And I'm doing the hand gesture for Ricky. You can't fool me. Do, 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 do. I'm not here for um, it. I'm not here for it. We'll just wait and see. I'm not entirely here for it, but we'll wait and see. Um, I will just throw this out. I know we had that segment with Becky Lynch a few weeks back, and Becky Lynch was saying that um, Nikki Bella is not going to be the only one that drops you or something if you don't leave this thing or whatever it was she said. Mm-hmm. It was a good. It was a good line. It was. But let's not fool ourselves. If Cena wanted to kill her on the mic, he could. <laughs> Just going to throw that out there. Probably. Yeah. Um, but now we'll wait and see. Like, I'm not a massive Cena fan, as you know, especially his last sort of like sixteen to eighteen or so months. It's just been really strange. Not been a fan. But we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. What about the announcement of the beautiful, not the announcement, the revealing of the beautiful women's tag titles? They are absolutely stunning. They are, aren't they? That's, would you even say that's the best title in the whole of WWE just now? Main roster or everyone included? Just everyone, the whole lot. No, I still prefer, I prefer the NXT UK titles. Um, I mm-hmm. prefer... I think I prefer the UK title as well. The the UK and the all three UK titles are lovely. Mm-hmm. I have to admit that, even though it's emblazoned with um, British stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go Brexit. Yeah, uh, Brexit. Oh, for fuck's sake. Um, let's not touch on that. We could be here all night. We don't even know what's going to happen with Brexit. I know. Um, fuck. Neither do the politicians. They don't know what the fuck they want. <laughs> anyway. Fucking Boris Johnson. Right. <laughs> but, and, and, and they're going to be... The winner's going to be... Uh, the match is going to be at the Elimination Chamber as well. Uh, did they mention... 
I can't remember whether or not it was going to be like cross-brand or it was going to go jump from show to show. Well, there will be three tag teams from Raw and three from SmackDown. Yep, and that leads you to believe they'll defend it kind of on both shows. I know, I wonder how that's going to work. I think it's what we said a couple of weeks back. that, For instance, let's just say Becky and Sasha win it. So the first month they could be on Raw defending against whoever. And then they could... Meanwhile, on SmackDown, you could have the teams, say, Iconics, and it could be Naomi and Carmella, potentially, um, um, fighting over the number one contender spot. And then the winners of the Raw, whoever wins on Raw, would go over to SmackDown, defend it, and continue doing that. Unless, I've not, this is not, I've not heard anything like this, but unless they're planning to put all the women on one show and have a show of their own, because what the only the only other thing they could do is national, but we touched on before. They're probably going to have to call up a number of women or bring back a number of women in order to to supplement both divisions to 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 make both the tag division look strong as well as the um, the actual women's title scene as well. Mm-hmm. So because once you factor in that you're going to need at least you you don't need five, six, seven or eight teams on each each roster. I think you can get by with just having about three or four on each roster for the time being, especially if you're going to be defending on both shows. So mm-hmm. you could get away with that. But in order to get the tag teams, you're going to have to be taking these women who are single rep, singles wrestlers and putting them together. But you're then going to have to find more single wrestlers. So... We'll see what happens with that. Um, like I say, it wouldn't stun me if some if they decided to put all the women on one show, but I, I, again, I don't think they would do that anyway. I think that would be quite a bold move, but either way, the women are in quite a unique situation. I think it would be a bold move, but you would, it would. I just don't see it happening. Would you welcome a women-only network show? Or would you have what all of them on either Raw or SmackDown? Um, I would be happy with either or because I know if you put them on the network, you just know there's going to be people that complain about the, the fact that they're only on the network. Aye, probably. Um, and they won't look at it in the other light. But if you put them all <laughs> on Raw or all on SmackDown, again, it doesn't help with the with the numbers mm-hmm. it kind of ju- it just makes things a little bit easier when it comes to like the tag team division well therefore you might not need to have as many then so in terms of numbers for each woman chasing whatever title would be fine mm-hmm. and then you might need to unify the titles as well so because you're not going to have the women on one show or one uh, one brand and have two two titles no I was thinking last week, I meant to say to you on recording this, but this is it's been bolstered again this week. Um twenty nineteen's a strong start for women in the main roster in terms of exposure because uh, Royal Rumble you have the women's Royal Rumble, you've got the SmackDown title and you've got the Raw title, so that's three matches. You're guaranteed what, two hours uh, sorry, an hour and forty minutes out of four hours there, unless yeah. one of them's on the pre show. 
You've got 12 women involved in the Chamber match at Elimination Chamber. No doubt you'll have at least one um, championship, one of the brands defending the title. So that's quite a strong start. And I would imagine if things go according to hopes that somebody will be main eventing WrestleMania from the, whether it's Rousey, Charlotte, Becky, all three, a mixture, a combination of one or two of them. So I think it's quite good so far. And it's it's good because it's organic. It's not the first time ever nonsense that they keep hitting out with. It's just naturally happening. Mm-hmm. Which is welcome. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Speaking of welcome, um, how are you with Bob Lashley winning the Intercontinental Championship? <laughs> um, I'm alright with it. Yeah. I'm alright with it. Um... Ambrose doesn't really need it, but Lashley, his character, not as much his character, but Lashley himself wasn't really going anywhere. So at least if this gives him a new direction, it'll be interesting to see how long it lasts. Um, yeah, so I'm, I don't, I don't hate it. I was, I thought I was, I was quite all right with it. I mean, from what we saw last week, I haven't actually seen what happened with that triple threat this week. I missed that match, but. If it's the same Lashley that we got last week, who is a bit of a more hard ass and just more focused on causing destruction with Leo Rush in his corner, then I can't say I'm against it right now. It's an odd move, just all of a sudden, um, but I'm willing to see where it goes. Yeah, like I say, I don't hate it at all. But the one thing, hate <laughs> might be a strong word, but I'm just not a fan of. Andrade Almas losing his name. I'm not. I don't care. <laughs> like I'm not overly. I'm not overly like upset. I'm just like ah uh, like. I'm not sure how Andrade itself is going to work. Um, like seeing Almas was the best part of his name. You could have just got rid of part, part of the mid, uh, rid of the middle name, and kept his Andrade Almas. But like I said, I'm not. I'm not overly hot about it like a lot of people are Rob Ropey had put up a tweet at some point today talking about this and he mentioned names like Antonio Cesaro Alexander Rousseff, Adrian Neville and see when you read those names out as the full name it's, it actually seems awkward so might not be a popular choice at the moment but I'm sure over time especially if he gets a decent push and he's putting on banger matches like he did with Rey Mysterio Last night, that was there. a great, great match. Oh, great that was match. really good. They're they're loving their Canadian destroyers right now, and the do the the bold E, which is good and to it's, see. It's quite good as well because Andrade's been involved in several good matches. I want to make them for the last three or four weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, nice to see him get the win. He's one of my dark horse picks for the Royal Rumble. Not so much to win it, but I think he's going to get a real strong, strong showing. Um, the Royal Rumble itself, the pay per view itself, is shaping up to be. Outstanding. Um, There's one black mark for me. Yep, but it's a SmackDown tag team title match. It is, so let's just uh, move on. <laughs> yes, yep, so <coughs> that's it. the whole name change doesn't really bother me, but let's say it is what it is. Um, although there could be a new name change coming as well soon. I don't know if you've heard about it. No. The Ricking. Formerly known as the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, could now just be known as the Ricky Wrestling Show. You should just call yourself 
now you've got Johnny Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Ricky, Ricky Wrestling. <laughs> Ricky Wrestling. Right. Will we get on to the crux of the matter then? Yes, Unless the one thing, yep. Anything else from the main roster you want to discuss? No, this is why we're, this is the main part of our podcast tonight. This is what we really wanted to discuss, uh-huh. so let's move on. Right, so. Ricky and Mrs Ricky were in Blackpool this weekend for the first ever NXT UK takeover. On the telly, it was a stupendously good two and a bit hours. Really enjoyed myself. But we will talk about the matches and break it down after Ricky gives us his his live experience. So the floor is yours. Tell us all about it. So first things first. When, when I go to live wrestling shows like or live football matches or NFL or NBA matches I've been to I'd never ever watch it again on a telly mm-hmm. and I know that my perspective is going to be different from a lot of other people's because it's just always different when you're a live crowd as opposed to it is on the TV <laughs> so I get it I am not going to understand both sides, but if you or other people that I, I trust when it comes to wrestling and trust their opinions, I'll take your word for it if you felt something was too much or, or this wasn't quite right or this was better than it was or whatever. And the reason why I don't like to watch, re-watch things that I've been live at is because I don't want my memory of the live show and why I experienced tainted. And it's the same with TakeOver. It was the same... I was at Manchester United versus Man City about, what was it, like 10 years ago or whatever it was, when Rooney scored that overhead kick. Mm-hmm. Where, um, I was at the game, and I've never saw highlights of that game since. Now, I've granted I've never... I've seen, like, the goal on a television, but you can't really help it. But I've never went out my way to look at it again because I've never wanted the memory of what I just witnessed to kind of be tainted by me kind of breaking it down and picking it apart. So that's just my perspective on it. I don't... I like to just think of the live experience. So from here down to Blackpool, it's about what, a three-hour and 15-minute drive. Um, it was it was so worth it. Um, paying the money for, for, for tickets, paying petrol money, parking money, etc. It was all just worth it. Um, like I said, I would have loved it for us to be there, but if and when they do come in Glasgow, we'll definitely be there. Yes, um, representing... Yep, the wife <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed it as well. Uh, that was her first ever wrestling show. She doesn't watch wrestling at all. Um, and I've said the story that, funny enough, when I first booked the tickets and I told her we're going, her first question was, is Hulk Hogan going to be there? Like, that's her knowledge of wrestling right there. <laughs> um, so, pulling up to like the arena, like we saw some of the trucks outside, etc., getting in, um, I actually missed the first dark match um, it was between two females I couldn't even tell you who it was because as I entered one of the females was just leaving the ring so she had her back to us and I couldn't tell who it was Right. Um, the other dark match was European Union versus Mark Andrews and Flash, Flash. Morgan I imagine that um, might be on this week's episode I think it was from what I saw. Which um, is it's just back down to one episode as far as I'm aware, which is good to see. Um, Takes a load off. Yep, it does. So that match was quite good. Um, crowd were really behind Andrews and Morgan. Um, they really 
we're giving a lot of stick to EU. Um, it was a good match. Um, takeover starts. Uh, I'm just going to run through the entire experience, if you don't mind. Please, uh, that's um, what we're here for. I'll just go and have a cup of tea. <laughs> First out, as we know, was Mustache Mountain, and they came out to a thunderous applause in the arena. Um, Zach Gibson is arguably the biggest heel in British wrestling. Like certainly still wrestling like in NXT and other British based pro, uh, products. Um, the match, looking back on it, you know there was several spots that the crowd really erupted. Um, like I say, it's really behind Mustache Mountain. Um, when Zach Gibson take a shoe off, chant came off. You know, even the wife was just looking at me and she was like, she kind of got caught and started doing it as well. Um, <laughs> Did she take her shoes off? She took a shoe off. Oh, fantastic. Um, we were all really stunned when the pinfall happened. Um, I think everyone around us, we all felt we must have out we're going to win. And when it didn't, we were quite taken aback. Um, I wouldn't so That really sucked the air out of anything. I wouldn't say it like that. Um, and then we got the... Again, I'm not sure if you guys, if you guys saw it, but they showed you a clip of... Jordan Devlin attacking Travis Banks. Yeah, they showed that. Uh-huh. Right, because I think they showed that twice. So I feel like we might have saw that just before it went on air, and then they showed it again just before they came down. So Travis Banks dives out of the ring, attacks Jordan Devlin. Jordan Devlin gets upper hand, and she's taken away. And Jordan Devlin cuts his little quick promo. Um, this. I went back and I watched three moments of TakeOver. I just, specific little moments. So I know I've sort of contradicted what I said a few minutes ago, but I, all in all, I think I've watched about 60-odd seconds of TakeOver on a, t- on, on a network. Because I kind of wanted, first of all, I wanted to see how these moments were um, portrayed and how it came through on a, on a, on, on a TV. So, the lights go out the smoke starts coming up and people around us as it's happening are saying it has to be Finn, it has to be Finn, it has to be Finn. And I turn around to my wife and just says, brace yourself. (laughs) So I I immediately, (coughs) and you saw the video clip that I put on Twitter and I sent to you, Mm etc. And me and the dude next to me, and we were like, it has to be Finn, who else is it going to be? The moment Finn's music hit, the place just fucking erupted. And I mean erupted. Me, 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 and the, me and the guy who we don't know, we don't know each other at all. We only spoke during the show because he was with someone else. We have literally turned to one another, hugged each other and are jumping up and down, hugging one another because Finns came out. Um, so, and I went back and watched that on the network, Finns entrance. And what came through on the television is not what happened at the show. It was, and I know that probably sounds like, of course it's going to be louder at the venue, but the kind of pop that you heard, you know, multiply that by like a hundred, like people were losing it. Um, And they were hot that entire match, entire match. It never, 
Like from moment from moment takeover started all the way to the end, the entire crowd was was hot all night. That pop was ridiculous, uh, ridiculous. Um, and then we got who was the third? Was it Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm? Was it the hardcore match? I can't remember. It was the greatest no DQ match of all time. Yes. So. <laughs> And even the wife, as soon as I pulled out a table, he turned and goes, oh my God, they're going to use the table. And I was like, it's no deal, you can do anything you want. And you put out something on Twitter how the camera shakes when Mastiff walks down or when he's trying to bounce something down on the ramp. Again, it shows you want to kind of see those things, but that match itself, like, people were really hot for that as well. Um, let's not talk about the green jots situation. <laughs> Performance enhancing jots. <laughs> but that was a real good a real good show and I even turned around to my wife and I says talk about Master and I was like don't be fooled by his size like he's actually really agile for a man of his size and she knows it straight away um, and then we moved on to Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm Tony Storm came out to a massive ovation I don't know if it was after everything that's just took place or she's that much over with everyone it's probably a combination of both Rhea Ripley is going to be an absolute superstar. Superstar, I think. Um, now, this wasn't my most favourite match these two have been involved in. I think they've had better matches before. It was, it was it was a good match to be at, but the moment Tony Storm win, it was just utter jubilation. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone was just really happy for her. It was a really good match. I did enjoy it. I really did enjoy it. Um, and then it was a main event. Uh, coffee comes out as you expect booze a couple of cheers and I will say last week I said I will be standing there cheering on Pete Dunne that went out the window the moment coffee's music hit <laughs> I, 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 I applauded uh, Pete Dunne coming down I applauded him when the match was done but the entire time I was screaming for Joe Coffey um, Pete Dunne came down and people were just infatuated with him man. Um, he is absolutely adored and rightfully so. Uh, the match itself, and I saw I saw a lot of conflict and things. I saw people saying that it went on about ten minutes too long. Um, it was a bit slow and ponderous. Some people just didn't like it. To be it, it never felt long. It really, really didn't. It started off at a steady pace, and it started picking up almost like a like you're waiting for a beat to drop on a on a on a track, but. And I turned around to my female and I said to her, are you enjoying it? It's good. I prefer the hardcore match because this one's, this match, it's not, it's a little bit slower paced, she was saying. And I was like, look, it's like a crescendo. It's building up and building up. And I was like, the last 10, 15 minutes is going to be kind of 100 miles an hour. And you'll see it. It's like, like, and I was telling her, like, you're kind of being told a story in front of your eyes and it's just kind of building and building and building and building. Uh-huh. Um. And the second thing I went and looked at was the two spots from the top turnbuckle. Aye. That, because, may, that may be why it went on long, because they repeated the spot, and it seemed to have... I don't know what was going on there, but that could explain why it was long, as long as it was. Because, like I say, in terms of the line match, was it a good half an hour, I think, it maybe it went on for? Um, 35, maybe. Right, but it didn't feel like that. It really, really didn't. It did not at all. Um, and I just wanted to see the two spots because a lot of people were saying that they botched it because being there live, it kind of, you just looked like 
Pete Dunn initially pushes him over and then they go up to do it again and it looks like they've both just fallen over. It looked like a predetermined spot being there live. And I still can't make my mind up, to be honest. Um, because you kind of see Joe Coffey starting to go back a little bit even before Pete Dunn gets up. I don't know. So that was the second spot. Um, and the funny thing about it was um, a lot of people are not going to get this, but as Joe Coffey standing in the ring, me, I'm telling you, there must have been about five or six Scot- Scottish people there. And I'm one of them. And you can just hear scattered little chants, come on, Selic. Excellent. Um, and at one point, you know, started singing that song. Right, so they're doing that, and we're shouting, come on, Selic. And at one point, you can see Joe Coffey just turn around and cut a grin and just sort of like clinch his fist. His fist. Um, it was quite funny. Um <laughs> there was a guy who must have been about four or five rows behind us as we were shouting come on Joe or come on Celtic etc that he shouted down um, fuck the Scots <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why and I, I shit you not I don't know why but it was instinctively I just turned around and goes fuck the English and as soon as I said it I was like oh did I just say kind oh, of thing dear, like, I'm dear, going to get dear. absolute battered here but people, like, even the guy next to me, the woman next to me, were all just laughing because it was kind of just banter. Um, so yeah, and like I said, I'll quickly go on with it now. <laughs> and as the match ends, I was, I didn't think I was going to be, but I was quite gutted that Joe Coffey never won. Yeah. I thought it was an absolute tremendous performance from uh, Coffey. Really, really liked that match. Um, and then you're kind of waiting, maybe something's going to happen. It looked like Pete Dunne was going to cut a promo, to be honest. He was kind of hovering about. I thought he was going to cut a promo. And the next bit I watched on the network was Walter's entrance. As soon as he made his appearance, like, everyone was like, like, that was a real unexpected, like, no one expected that. No one. Because in hindsight, you kind of could envision Finn being there because at the merch stall, Finn was the only main roster wrestler that we yeah. had merch for and he was the performance centre so you may, looking back on it you may think well Finn was always going to be there but when Walter came out the entire mood just changed uh-huh. it, it was like oh shit just got real um, and even the wife was like he looks quite scary and I was like he's, he's the real fucking deal and he <laughs> looks huge in real life um, and of course so like I says, people started chanting. Um, it, like I says, the mood just changed. Not so much. It wasn't like, like I say, it was just like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. And then they had the face off. We were like, oh goodness, like we're going to get this potentially next or at some point down the line. And then that was the end of the show. Um, and then so one last thing is that the. The ring announcer comes out and goes, oh, thanks for coming. We're back here tomorrow night. And then there was a little gap. So my wife stands up, she's going to go, she goes, I'm going to go to the bathroom, then we'll go. I've put my jacket on, I've turned away. I must have taken about two or three steps and Triple H's music hit. <sighs> and this was off air. It just suddenly came to a standstill. Turned round, jumped on the chair. Same guy, once again, jumped up and down with him. Do you remember when Tiger was playing at it was, I think it was Georgia last year and they had that aerial shot mm-hmm. of the entire crowd descending on top of Tiger uh, no but I 
I take your word for it. <laughs> right, so basically, Tiger was coming up to the 18th hole, and I think it was in Georgia. It was right before the Ryder Cup, and he was about to win his, uh, his tournament, and they had an aerial shot, and people were just coming out of nowhere, and I mean like thousands of people were just appearing and running behind Tiger. It was almost like that, because some people were at the bar, some people were at the exit, starting to leave. People descended back into the seats, like they weren't sitting down, they were climbing over the seats, jumping up and down and everyone when Triple H came out and he just sort of came out and was like thank you didn't speak just said thank you like applaud the people in the back and then left so he must have been out for about 30 seconds in total but everybody lost it lost it at that point but um, overall takeover experience I'll wrap it up um, sensational that was more than worth my money more than worth my time um for me, it was it was pretty flawless being there. I, I couldn't pick a single flaw in it being there because it mm-hmm. was just from top to bottom presented well. Great matches. Um, just an unbelievable experience. Last week, Grant, when he was on, asked us, do you think it needs to be an overwhelming success for to help it go forward? And I said no. But personally, I think it was a success to the point where it was quite, I would say, overwhelming success. Uh Going into it, I thought, right, this will be good. It, the show, the the TV doesn't have the same production values as Full Sail. It's got a very different vibe because it's in ballrooms, places like that. It's not the same, it's not the studio, as it were. So the acoustics are always different and stuff. But what we got on Saturday, to me personally, that had the same drive and focus behind it that you would get in normal takeovers in America. The the quality of matches, the I mean you're talking match of the year contenders, a couple of them there already. Matches that last thirty minutes, just you've got the five match formula, the the title, the tag, the woman, a couple of mid card matches that catch your eye. It was just it hit hit it out the part for me in many ways and I thought about it a lot over the last few days. That tag match, I've been saying a few weeks now that Zach Gibson and James Drake are a, an excellent tag team. And I was stunned, like you and the audience, that Zach Gibson and J- James Drake walked away with the, the tag titles. But seeing that match, they thoroughly, thoroughly deserved it. That was such a, a satisfying game of tactics from them. They equalised. I mean, don't let's not take it away from Mustache Mountain. They were fantastic, doing their usual stuff. Trent Seven is hilarious to me right now. Anything he says, I'm in stitches half the time. Anything he says, I, I don't know why I repeated myself there. <laughs> um, and what I liked about it was, there's no doubt that British strong style are the the, the quote unquote faces of NXT UK, right? So Pete Dunn. Tyler Bate and Trent Seven, they are the ones that are doing the, the morning television spots and stuff. So to have the tag titles on a different tag team, I think that helps elevate them and more people will take notice. And I think that's a good thing that you've not just straight away put all the, the faces of the brand with titles around their waists. The, the match itself was just high octane, top notch from start to finish. And I thought James Jake was quite quiet throughout the match. He wasn't chewing up the scenery like the rest of them were but at the end when he evaded a Trent Seven clothesline, ran the ropes and did a suicide mm-hmm. dive out to Tyler Bate who flipped off um, Gibson's shoulders 
I thought, wow, that was excellent. That was really good equalising stuff. But then to stop Trent Seven's bottom Lope Suicida, I think it's called, with a drop kick. He, you never saw this, but he came out of nowhere. That camera only caught James Drake's legs take Seven out of the game, and I popped like a bubble wrap machine. I could, it was just so good at equalising. It reminded me, it's, it's totally different in terms of the wrestling style, that British style, but there's very much a revival feel to them where it's all about tag team wrestling, taking it back to its roots, cancelling out people, even simple things like Gibson suplexing his opponent into his corner and so he's away from his opponent and stuff like that. It was just an absolute joy to watch that match. It really was. Um, the Trent Seven, no, the Travis Banks, Jordan Devlin. Oh, Travis Banks didn't get his time to shine on a takeover. I'm personally not that gutted because so far I've not been overly impressed with him. I mean, even his moveset, I've seen people do stuff like that before. There's nothing different about him. And with the story, ever since Devlin came onto the scene, the WWE scene, a couple of Januarys ago, it was always this, oh, he was trained by Finn Balor. He's had that looming over him since all that time, and it's never escaped him. And since the, the actual show started... He's been Mr. Big Balls shouting off the promos that he's the Irish ace and he had to be put in his place and who better to put him in his place than Finn Balor? So, so from a story point, stand of view, uh, story line point of view, I thoroughly enjoyed that. That was a nice wee culmination of a long, long-term long storytelling. What I will add on to that is that um, Jordan definitely looked good in that match as well. Oh, he did. He's excellent. But first, at first... I thought it was going to be a quick 10-15 second squash match but he looked really impressive in that match um, and a lot of people are just shouting at him like you're just a shit Finn Balor and it's like that's kind of doing dis- uh, disservice to him because he's actually really really good and I think people are probably just saying that just because that's a cool thing to say or just trying to annoy him but like I say he, he really impressed me on yeah. Saturday night Oh, he's got a great move set. That ripcord yep. um, back do- backdrop drivers just a sensational move. Love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, next match was Eddie Dennis versus the man Dave Mastiff. Excellent example of that genre of match. I thought um, and hats off. All the hats in the cloakroom go off to Eddie Dennis for trying to do crucifix power bombs to Dave Mastiff and basically succeeding to like getting him up over his shoulders to a point ragdolling him about the place smashing him onto steel steps I showed that spot to my wife and she um, winced loudly when she saw that then he's the rolling senton from Mastiff onto the ballroom floor just a very hard hitting match and you wouldn't think it would be because Eddie Dennis is um, for want of a better term he's a Lancaster of piss yep. so when you see him go like battle it out against Mastiff much respect to him, but he needs to change that attire soon. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday. The the women's match, I will be honest, I can't remember much about it. It didn't do... It wasn't amazing for me. I don't know if that's just because I w- wasn't ready for Tony Storm to be the champion. Part of me will always think that they decided to give her the title because of what happened with her on social media. I know that's not fair of me to think that, but it will always be there. 
I just think that Rhea Ripley's only been the champion for, and it has been a few weeks on TV. So it feels like it's been a flash in the pan, and I hope they don't start hot potato in the title so soon. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I just, I'm, I'm just wondering. I mean, we saw Jazzy Gabbert and Kaylee Ray in the crowd, which I'm very excited for because having seen a lot of Kaylee Ray in ICW, she's a very, very crisp wrestler. She's very quick. Can I just quickly interrupt you? Who was stood next to her? Uh, Jazzy Gabbert. Right, because because when I was positioned on the big screen, I could only see Kaylee Ray. And on the other side was kind of like a pillar, so I couldn't really see clearly. And I've not even looked back to see who it was. Well, maybe it was Jazzy that was the pillar because she's quite a formidable specimen. <laughs> and the funny thing is that you brought them up. Now, I can't remember when it was or in between what match. But anyway, it caught my eye out towards the left. There was a bit of a kerfuffle. And I saw a couple of security guards and I just saw someone kind of like head and shoulders above everyone else and with blonde hair and I was like oh my god they're Charlotte and at first like I thought she was just walking through the crowd for no reason but it was when she went to the front row and they kind of showed her on TV etc she then just walked away after like a minute so like on TV they kind of portrayed that they're sitting at ringside the entire time but in reality she was only out at ringside for about 30-45 seconds before she went back to the back Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, well, I say that's something I've never picked up on because I say they try and portray it on TV that they're at ringside watching it. But it was quite, I say, the fact that she stood out and amongst the entire crowd just shows you how tall she is and just let's say, like everyone was kind of huddling around her trying to get near her. Uh-huh. Um, and it was a bit of a shock to be honest. She was exceptionally green in the the first May Young Classic and she was retired I think it was neck or back issues she was basically out of the game for a year or so but she's back so in terms of her wrestling acumen I'm not sure how she'll do but she's she's back so she's obviously doing something right so it'll be good to see how she does you've got Marcel Bartel, Bartel, Walter they're obviously getting starting to sow the seeds for the, the German NXT now so that'll be good to see. I don't, think I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Well, I think it... Why do you say that? Because this has just launched. That's true. I feel like you kind of need to give this attention just now before doing it. Mm-hmm. Maybe at this time next year we might get NXT gym or towards the end of the year. Probably. I don't see it happening like in the near future anyway. Maybe they'll go... And that's what, that's what made the water... Uh, Arrival even more shocking. I think maybe they'll do the maybe they'll go down the same route and do some sort of tournament. Maybe. So we'll see what happens because we don't know how I don't know how many um, rookies they've got in there. It's not a full fully fledged performance centre, but they've got training skills in Germany now, and I know Walters was brought in to help with that. So it could be some time, I suppose. The very excited for, for Kaylee Ray. Looking forward to seeing how she does. The the title match. I, I mean, I remember a lot from it. I wasn't too, I wasn't so caught up in analysing the match quality because I was just caught up emotionally invested in it. 
I wanted the the Scott, the Celtic fan, to beat Pete Dunn. Um, but so from that that alone is the only reason I was disappointed in the outcome, just because I was a mark for half an hour. And thinking about the quality, all right, it wasn't flashy, but Coffee said himself on maybe Instagram, gritty, not pretty, and that's Coffee's style. He's not all about the flash. He's he's about overpower outpowering his opponents and just trying to wear them down. And it's a different style from what we're used to. And I appreciated that. It, it stood out for me. Um, the Pete Dunn, great guy. We all love him. But he is, he's a, he's a, his character is a bit of a bastard at the end of the day. And I think Coffee was close to out-bastarding, bastardizing him. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it, was, yeah. it was a close call. And I think, although we don't know what the script is with these supposed botches that happened in the top rope, but if I'm if I'm going to keep within the fiction, if this happened, then the, this, these are the only things that stopped Coffee from beating Dunn. That he was so used to just doing the power game that anything above a certain height, he couldn't. He reached a certain point in the match where he couldn't do what he wanted to, and that was the only thing that cost him the title. Because up until then, it was some hard hitting stuff between the two of them. I, I think even with those. I don't know, but still don't know. I don't even know what Coffee was trying to do in the first place, what he was planning. I don't think it harmed him in any way. I hope he's still in the main event scene for quite some time because over the last few weeks of TV, he's done very well for himself, um, made himself a credible threat, a force. And maybe it was too long, maybe it wasn't, but it was. I, I was pleased with the outcome in terms of the quality side of things I would have liked to have seen Coffee win just to, for a big shock to start off the takeovers for UK but overall more than pleased with what I watched on Saturday, Sunday morning I watched it um, just top notch from start to finish with maybe I might need to re-watch the women's match but still good stuff from top to bottom Nothing, nothing was bad put it that way yeah, and just to sort of like circle back, was it an overwhelming success? Me, personally speaking, I felt it was. Why? I felt every single one of us at the show went home happy. A lot of the this things I saw on Twitter and Facebook was overwhelmingly positive. Um, and like I said, I'm excited to see where we go now. Well, see it. Right, so that's one of the other talking points that we're going to look at. We're going to talk about the, the current scene, where do you think it will go? We've had the unveiling of the UK Performance Centre the, the day the day before the takeover. You've yep. seen all the stuff over social media. There was Robbie Brookside, there was um, Big Prince Albert himself, Matt Bloom. All the stars were there. Didn't see Regal, though. Um, I think I saw a photo and he was there. I'm not entirely sure. Right. So, see, the thing I was going to ask you about that, now, that was a pretty packed-out performance centre. Obviously not everyone's going to make the cut. And for the time being, I think we discussed this last week, we won't see anyone from NU, as we'll try and call it, go to the main roster of Raw and SmackDown. Because you need to bed in your own brand first for a while. Don't, Don't change things. But there was a lot of people there. 
and you're going to have the German one, this global localization that Triple H is wanting to do. Are they just going to, is, is NXT just going to be the tier for these fringe brands? Because you can't all squeeze in for call-ups at WrestleMania. I'm convinced more than ever that British Strong Style are not going anywhere anytime soon. Right. I could see him maybe making a sideward move to NXT. I don't see them going to the main roster anytime soon. Um, um, I feel I feel confident of saying that. Um, in terms of, like you say, a lot of these people are not going to get called up. I think that also is a purpose for some people when they come to NXT that they realise that this is where I'm going to be and that's fine. Not everyone's going to get called up to the main roster. Some people will just be used for NXT itself. Uh-huh. Um, but just touching on the, the performance center, I felt like, yeah, you had you brought out some stars because you kind of wanted to make a, make a real big deal about it in, um, in the performance center itself and what that could do for British wrestling is quite big as well. And I know a lot of people are going to say, well, WWE or NXT or whatever are just going to kind of cherry pick the best and and put them into their own um, brands. And you know, I don't see that as a, as a massive problem. Um, like they want to kind of dominate the market here. Um, at the end of the day, like we've touched on before, you don't. No one is forcing you to sign those contracts. True. We we are WWE. We're shells for the, the E anyway. So if they're coming to WWE, yeah. that's not going to annoy me. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but the performance center itself, like that's 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 huge, mm-hmm. huge. And I feel like that kind of shows you what investment they're putting into the market over here, the wrestling scene over here, and what they think of the wrestlers over here, and what they think of NXT UK. And but more importantly, not just what they think of now, what they believe they could become, and what the entire brand could become. Exactly. And and that itself is quite exciting. Um, that you could get like a who's who all falling under NXT UK. So... Like I say, that's that's a big, big statement of intent. Mm-hmm. See, at the end of the day, there might be some wrestlers that don't make the cut in the performance centre and they're told to go, but they've gained enough experience to go and have a stab at the Indies. So, I don't... I get I get the concerns that people have, but, I mean, you're still having matches like Zack Sabre Jr. versus Pac, Neville. You've still, get, you've still got star star matches... I know that's a one example, and I can't think of more right off the top of my head. But surprising, I'm actually surprised that um, World of Sports coming back in January at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're still going strong, and sort of, you know, if they keep going with that, they'll get bigger names. You get Joe Hendry there, Grado. It's looking good for British wrestling. And like I said, for everyone that doesn't make it, it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Like, do, you know, Kenny Omega was was there and was wasn't deemed good enough. Uh-huh. Look at him uh, now. Juice Robinson was part of was in the under the WWE umbrella. You know, there's there's so many EC3. 
was in NXT and then went to Impact and done what he done at Impact and ultimately ended back up at, uh, under the WWE umbrella. So there's plenty of people who who have been deemed not good enough but have gone on to other promotions and look what they're doing now. Yeah. It's just very early in proceedings, so just let's see what happens. But the, there's one, th- there's one um, before we sort of... Do, do you know roughly when the next takeover will be, or when you think it will be? NXT UK takeover? Mm-hmm. I haven't saw anything. Haven't the Scooby? Uh, neither do I. Th- I just thought maybe they might have had something for tickets that, when you were there or something like that, or showing something, but not yet. Maybe no, maybe they're saving that, that, saving that for Glasgow. Let's hope so. They have to come up here at some point. Did you hear what match is going to be taking place? I don't know if this is actually a takeover match or the Phoenix takeover. Um, it's a bit of a spoiler from what happened at the tapings, but would you yeah, like to don't, know? Don't say it. I know what it is because I came across on Twitter a yeah. couple of days after you sent the message. Okay. But let's not say it on the podcast on air. Well, I'll just say one thing. Wowzers. Look forward to it. Yep, yep, <laughs> oh, yep. oh, yes. Fantastic. If it's, the, if it's the one I'm thinking, then yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Showcase stuff. I'm really looking forward to it. So is there anything else you want to talk about from the, the successful weekend of the the UK branch of WWE and we move on to the quiz? You know, final thought or thoughts. I came in or ended the year 2018 just fed up with wrestling in general. Um, I watch New Japan a handful of times a year and I couldn't, I was still, I looked at Wrestle Kingdom and I was still like, I don't even really want to watch it. Ultimately, I did. But I was just so lethargic. With, I felt low, so lethargic, so run down. Just, I just... I, I just... I didn't have any more watch wrestling anymore. I was just really badly needed that break that we had. I came into 2019, felt rejuvenated, and what I witnessed on Saturday and experienced just makes me believe the British wrestling... It's in a great, great place, despite what some people might think, and what British wrestling might look like in about 18 to 24 months' time is really exciting for everyone over in these parts. Um, a brand and a performance centre, let's say, shows you their intent. Guys like Walter turning up um, shows your intent. Um, guy, we've got people like Mustache Mountain, like Pete Dunn, people like Zach Gibson, people like Joe Coffey, and then you look further afield, we've got likes of Drew McIntyre, no- McIntyre Noam Dar, Nicky Cross, Jack Gallagher. Um, so British wrestling, I think in about 12 to 18 or so months, I can't wait to see where we are. Um, I'm really, really excited about the future of, of British wrestling, to be honest. I think we all should be, um, and I think we're going to go in a, we're going to be in a real great place. I think. Good stuff. Some positive vibes from Ricky. Yeah, that's that's. Let's like say I felt this coming into the year to to stay positive, but after witnessing what I saw on Saturday, experiencing it live firsthand, first ever takeover, etc. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. It, it really does. It just it makes you happy and it makes you excited what what could happen now. 
Oh, I was rejuvenated just watching it. I mean, I've not the Raw and SmackDown TV's been still it's been decent. We've had fresh faces. You've got the likes of Ali, um, Sasha Banks is in the women's title picture. Daniel Bryan's tearing it up. So the actual telly over Christmas and New Year was decent. Yep. Uh, and then seeing what this Phoenix Arizona takeover cards likes just ridiculous. On top of that. The takeover that we just had was excellent, so it's just all guns blazing. Let's love and wrestling. And like we said, the Royal Rumble. Oh, that card's well, looking good. Talked about this card this special as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, like I said, I've said, mentioned it a few weeks back. It's all about what happens post WrestleMania because for the most part, Raw and SmackDown and, and is all kind of exciting, building up to Royal Rumble and then building up to WrestleMania. I'm, I'm, like I said, I don't want us to be too negative. I just I feel like I'm keeping it, I'm being realistic and keeping it real. I'll wait and see if we're getting all this even post WrestleMania. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Temper expectations, as uh, our man Mags and Bags would say. You can temper them or you can do what I'm doing and just get carried away. And I'm just going to get myself. I'm going to let myself get carried away from now on. <laughs> You're and good. just come on to this podcast despondent and bitterly disappointed Uh, fuck Brock fuck Brock fuck Brock fuck Brock indeed right Uh, quiz time yep do you want to hear it live yeah why not it's it's up it's fucking quiz time with Ricky and Clive and friends. A fucking WWE quiz. There we go. That saves me some uh, editing, a little bit of editing time afterwards. Just a wee update on the, the quiz only episodes that we're going to be doing. One of them a month. We'll get that started towards maybe the end of February, start of March. We have four participants confirmed so far. If you're want, if you're still wanting to be in it, to win it, please uh, DM us on Facebook, Twitter, at Ricky and Clive, wherever you want to find us. Just let us know and we'll sort something out. The quicker we get this sorted, the quicker we can get the quizzes on the go. Um, looking forward to getting that in the bag. That like we've discussed that might help if there's been any if there is any possible future burnout we've got a wee week where we can just take some time and do some trivia because we all love a bit of wrestling trivia and like we say for the winner we will have some sort of prize Um, but those details will be given out later but there will be a a prize for the winner and you win a date with Ricky I mean most people would love that what's the what, is it Greg Hamilton? Greg Hamilton. Is he not a ring announcer or something? What is it NXT ring announcer's name again? Oh, I can't remember, but he's pals with us on Twitter. That's <laughs> what I'm thinking. Can't remember his name now. Yeah, Greg Hamilton is a ring announcer, so you've got the sequel to that rom- rom-com from the, the Naughties, Win a Date with Greg Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> That's your prize. So, uh, this theme is January and WWE history. I've got 10 questions for you. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Yep. Number one, how many New Year's Revolution pay-per-views have there been? Is it multiple choice by any chance? 
Okay. Two, three, or four. Two, three, or four. Um, two. Incorrect. Damn it. It, it ran from 05, 06, and 07. So three in total. Uh. Number two. At the 06 New Year's Revolution, uh, there was a chamber match for the WWE title and before the match Kurt Angle cut a promo backstage quite an infamous promo can you remember who he said he could make tap out hmm. it was the same promo where he said if I said that I don't like the black people I would get cheered anyway. Isn't that promo? God? I'll give you it. He said Jesus. He said oh, I, I could go back in time and make... Oh, that's right. Sorry, Dad. I could make Jesus tap out. <laughs> number, number three. This time last year, who were the Raw Tag Team Champions? Oh, I've stumped you. Um, well, I know who was at WrestleMania, but whether or not they held it at the start of the year. So, basically, the 16th of January, around this time, who were the Rock Tag Champs? Um, right, well, I'll say it just because they were at WrestleMania. Was it Seamus and Cesaro? Incorrect. Um, One of them is um, no is not currently wrestling. Not currently re- what because they're injured or yes, possibly for the foreseeable. Fuck. Do you give up? Yes. Seth Rollins and. Oh fuck's sake. Jason Jones. Double J, the next generation of great. Uh, number four, who did Triple H beat to become the WWF champion on the first Raw of 2000? Jeez. Um. They had confetti and all sorts for it. Jericho? No. Uh, no idea. The big show. Oh, oh. Okay, this is a poor show. Which... But hey, at least at least it's not as bad as Rancy's show last week. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to say anything, but um, you're in the bad books now. <laughs> no, he doesn't like me anyway. Which Hall of Famer died this week in 2014? Mm-hmm. I'll give you a clue this person was involved in an infamous segment which you loved very much back in the day back in the attitude oh, the, days the hand the hand yes 
So May Young. May Young. <laughs> Correct. Sorry. <laughs> Number six. Which legend legend did Edge face in a a gimmick match on a raw in January two thousand and six? So think about that time. What was happening in January for Edge in two thousand and six? January. Mm-hmm. That's what this quiz is all about. Sure, like facing like a number of legends. No. Do you give? Wait, do you I'll give you a clue. It's not. I'll give it's you not, like, go on you go. The clue is it was a TLC match. Because I know he took on Hacksaw Jim Duggan, but I don't know if, I don't remember that being a TLC match. <laughs> Certainly not. No, I know what I'm saying, so... Um, Flair? Correct. Thanks. Do you not remember uh, Ric Flair was on a table out... Out on oh, the floor. Oh, that's right. Like outside the ring, and Edge was in the ring on the ladder yep. and did a body splash. My God, doing that to an old man, disgraceful. Oh, fuck Flair. Number seven, again on Raw. The previous year, who did Edge face in a street fight? So, was that? Oh, what year was that? Oh, 05 the fact the fact that this match happened on a raw in a street fight you're thinking why the hell have I not rewatched this um another legend HBK correct number 8 who on Smackdown I can't remember which date, but who relinquished the, the world title in 2006, January 06, due to a torn tricep? They had to vacate the title. Oh. Um. Big Dave? Big Dave Batista himself. Big Dick Dave. Uh, number nine. Who was Sheamus's first pay-per-view title defence against at Rumble Royal Rumble 2010? So he's the champ for the first time. He beat Cena in a tables match. Who did he face at the Rumble? Um, Remember he, remember he used to shout, I do not entertain? Was it him that shouted that? I can't remember. Um, it was either... I don't know if he was on SmackDown at this point. Took me it's a random... We'll go Randall Keith Orton. Correct. Number 10. The 30th of January, 3-0 is a birthday shared by which current Smackdown woman and a current Raw manager? <laughs> so basically you just have to guess. A current Raw manager. So we got Heyman? 
Okay. We got Leo Rush. Okay. We got Who else is? Let's get managers. Uh, Drake Maverick. Um, yep. Um, and a female SmackDown. Mm-hmm. This is literally just going to have to guess, isn't it? I know. See, when I think about it, it's quite an unfair question. Right. Right, right. Give me a second to think of the managers. We've Heyman, Leo Rush, Drake Maverick. Want some clues? Um, yeah, why not? Because I'm fine. Um, the role manager is also on 205 Live. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Do you want another clue? Oh, I for the woman? Well, that's the thing. She doesn't go by that. Ah. ah. So, Becky and Drake Maverick. Correct. Did you see the throat chop that Becky gave Peter? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> um, pure assault. <laughs> and then she tweeted it out. <laughs> I know. Gif. That was horrendous. <laughs> I can't wait for that match at Royal Rumble. Oh, I know. There Cannot are, fucking wait. There are a few matches I'm really excited for. Mm-hmm. Not and they're not the rumble matches. No, no. Did you see the the photo of Roman Reigns on Twitter? Yes. It was quite good. It does, yeah. I thought he would have looked. I thought he would have leaned out because he's maybe not fit enough to work out, but he's looking good, looking well. Mm-hmm. Good to see. Um. So. That brings us to the end of this week's show. Next week we will do a deep dive into the preview for Royal Rumble with some talk about the creative leading up to the show, outside bets. I was thinking, would you like to reinstall, reinstate the predictions league that we, you and I have? Yeah, why not? Just for main roster? No, we can we can include uh, NXT. Okay, right, we'll do that. And then, oh, we've got NXT to preview as well. My goodness gracious. <laughs> Ah, that card's ridiculous. Um, anything you want to plug before we go? Uh, no, I'll leave all the plugging to you. Oh, well, we're in good hands then, aren't we? Yep, we always are. Don't forget, ladies and gents, that you can catch the rest of the, the podcasts at the Social Suplex Podcast Network on any app that you've got. Please rate and review us with a nice big five stars. You've got yourselves. You have One Nation Radio, keeping it strong style, Outsider's Edge, Grown Men Watch This Shit, um, Omega Luke, and Wilfred Watches. Um, I got them all, didn't I? Yep. Fantastic. Um, what else? Remember to get 4,000 hours plus for free of independent wrestling at powerslam.tv with the promo code Social Suplex. Check out socialsuplex.com where you can get links to the podcasts and the columns that we write and you can get them subscribed sent directly to your email inbox follow us at Rick and Clive on Twitter and Facebook Social Suplex's Facebook group is called the Wrestling Squared Circle and ladies and gents you can get your very own Social Suplex t-shirt now at Pro Wrestling Tees if you're interested in buying some white hot property there is a link in the show notes for how you can do that 
I will finish with a, a personal story that I had happen to me recently. Uh, I was at a Comic Con, right? You know what a Comic Con is. I know you don't like comics, but you know what a Comic Con is. Yep. And I saw the the wrestling stand, and, and I'm quite. I like to get signed autographs, signed photo autographs of wrestlers. But I like them to be pristine. I don't want them to be creased or anything like that. So, um, I went up to the seller at the the table, the merch stand, and said, "Excuse me, have you got any fresh prints of Bel Air?" And the guy said, no, but the, the 90s black comedies are a couple of tables down. <laughs> Fucking hell. I can't wait for that match to take over. Well, uh, Bel Air and Baszler. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They've not had much of a build on TV yet. Maybe that will no. happen tonight. We've got two weeks left. That's not a lot, though. I know, I know, but still we should be able to get something and even if we don't, then who cares if the match itself is going to be really good. I know. Yeah, she's very good, Belair. Looking forward to seeing her future. I think... Um, not overrated, as some idiots have been saying. I don't get that. I'm not sure why they've been saying that. Where did that even come from? No idea. No idea. Okay, speak to you next week, ladies and gents. Night-night. Take care, folks. Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time. See you next time.